Not long ago, they interviewed in the Israeli newspaper um, CEO or something like this of AT&T who works in it from Israel. AT&T is an American company that doesn't do anything, I think, in Israel. Uh-huh. But she, somehow, she started as a, as a lawyer employee and she grew up, she, she climbed up in the, in the ladder. Now she's in charge of the development uh, of, the, of the company. She has underneath here 1,600 employees. Mm-hmm. She lives in Tel Aviv, mm-hmm. and she, she works at night because the day and night is a little... Then they asked you many questions. They asked you the main question. They asked you, what do you think? What, as an Israeli, what they give you, what they bring to the table, and what the Israelis bring to the table? Mm-hmm. What they can teach us, that she said something very interesting. She said, and she said it because it resonates with me a lot. She says, the Americans teach us organizational skills, mm-hmm. order, and we teach them innovation, mm-hmm. creativity. Mm-hmm. This is a very true statement. See, in America, everything has to be planned in advance. For every event, you make a rehearsal. Mm-hmm. Bar mitzvah, there is a rehearsal dinner for wedding. Mm-hmm. Right? The whole rehearsal dinner started from a rehearsal. Yeah. Then there is a rehearsal for bar mitzvah. They come here and they stand and they, they take the pictures and you stand there and they will stand there and he says, there's this prayer and she says this prayer. Everybody knows exactly what they say. There is a party planner, and there is a financial planner. People plan their funerals, right? They pay, they go to Berkowitz Cumin, they pay everything off. They make sure that everything is taken care of. I was even by somebody, I, even by, I was even by a funeral, that they read the eulogy that the lady that died wrote for on herself, and she appointed somebody to read it for her. Everything is planned. People know in their mind, if I can ask, I can ask people, when is August 10th? They will tell you if it's a Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday. They have like a calendar in their brains. They live by it. Vacations are planned six months in advance. Weddings a year in advance, right? Mm-hmm. The Israelis do not like to plan anything. Everything is the last minute. Everything is like, don't worry, we'll work out. Don't worry, everything is work out. And it means is, Everybody promised you'll work out and nobody's doing anything about it. Right. And then they discover they didn't work out. That on one end, the Israelis, it shows that they are not, com- they are not disciplined. They are not professional. They know they do things. On the other end, it creates an opportunity to develop your brains. To get your, gives, your innovation comes out. And you have to, when, you, when you have no choice, mm-hmm. you implement, you're implementing something. You make it, you make it happen. If not this, this, you, you make it work. Mm-hmm. And then, you, and then you, you have to live, you have to create something from nothing, and it's actually working. Mm-hmm. Then you, you, in within you, the innovative part, the crea- creation, the creativeness, all of these powers that a person has, it gives them an opportunity. In America, everything is organized. For example, um, in America, everybody has a spreadsheet. Everything is planned, right? Without the spreadsheet, you don't start. The biggest difference between Americans and Israelis you see in weddings. In America, they send you a return card, right? Mm-hmm. For every invitation. You say if you come or you don't come, how many people come. And there is a place, place arrangement, seats arrangement. I mean, you have cards for everybody who comes. And, and you know how many people to, uh, you're inviting to. Uh, you have to order for the dinner. No, if nobody... In Israel, there is no return cards. Lately, it started a culture in the secular Israelis, they have return cards. 
You have no clue how many people come going to the wedding, 500 or 1,000. And the people who are coming to the wedding don't even know if they're going to come to the wedding. That day they will see, feels good, yes, time is going, it doesn't have time, it's not going. Goodbye. Mm-hmm. But really, this character, this, this uh, attribute is not just for Israelis. Really, Jews are more like this. Mm-hmm. It's more Jewish and non-Jewish than Israelis and not Israelis. Mm-hmm. Jews, 2,000 years of exile, mm-hmm. taught the Jews to become creative, to, to create a reality. They, they have to do something. They have to survive. Mm-hmm. So many crises they have to survive that they learn to make it work. Just by the Israelis, it's more... You see it more. Right. It's more in the open, right. you know, startup nation that the Jews are innovating, and they and they have the chutzpah, they have the guts to st- to start to to try new things, to try the to try the different way, mm-hmm. the unconventional way. Everybody goes, you know, Americans they follow the rules. Israelis, the Jews in general are more innovative, mm-hmm. and that's really you see it in Amer- in, in America, you see it in the world. One of the reasons why Jewish people. Yeah, more successful business. They are more. They are, they are ready to take the risk. Mm-hmm. That's the word. They are ready to challenge. This really comes from a spiritual side because the Jew is a spiritual child. that's above logic, the connection. It's it's implemented. It's being it's being reflected in business, but it should be reflected on spiritual things. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's we use it for the wrong things. But basically, that's who we are. Where they get all of this, where it started, where we see in the Bible that they get this attitude to challenge things, to try something different, to go against the, against the current, if you want. In this week's parasha, Emo, the scouts went the wrong direction. Well, yeah, two also. Of them, two of them went right, but ten of them didn't. Yeah, they, they were actually very calculated. They, yeah. said, they said, according to the spreadsheet, Right. It would work. According, right. according to the old mavens, it would never work. Joshua and Caleb disagree. Yeah, Joshua and Caleb. They went against, against logic. Yeah, that's a good example. Yes, absolutely. In this week's parasha, one of the parts of the parasha tells all the story of all the holidays. Shabbat mentions Pesach, counting of the Omer, Shavuot, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Sukkot, Shmini Atzeret. One holiday they don't mention. I think you opened the right place. Oh. No. Um, right here. Huh? This is starts with the starts the parishes. Huh? Then, actually, here is the starts here. Is, uh, pay, uh, Shabbat starts here. Right. Shabbat, and it goes all the holidays. You see, Shabbat. Yep. Pesach, the counting of the Omer, then start, this, uh, this is the, then Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Shavuot is somewhere around, Yom Kippur, Sukkot, Shmini Atzeres. Okay. Which holiday is not mentioned? Which holiday is not mentioned? Not what is mentioned. What is mentioned? Again, Pesach, counting of the Omer, Shavuot, okay. Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Sukkot, which Jewish holiday is not mentioned? Give a guess. Obviously, the ones that came that later, later don't count. 
You Very right. good. You're yeah. smart. Right. Purim and Hanukkah don't count. Right, right. Lag Bomber doesn't count. Tisha B'Av doesn't count. Tisha B'Av, yes, doesn't count. It will be one day holiday, but so far it doesn't count. Right. It's holiday you don't... It's a very minor holiday. It's called Pesach Sheini. Okay. This Sunday is Pesach Sheini. What is Pesach Sheini? Pesach Sheini is a holiday that the first year when the Jewish people left Egypt, after they left Egypt, they celebrate Pesach on the 14th of Nisan. Like the first, the first year, the first commemoration to the exodus of Egypt. There were some people who couldn't be participate in the, in, the, in, the, in the Seder. Why? Because they couldn't offer, they couldn't eat sacrificial meat. Why they couldn't eat sacrificial meat? Who cannot eat sacrificial meat? Somebody who is impure. What means somebody is impure? Somebody who was, let's say, under the same roof with a dead body. Somebody touched a dead body, mm-hmm. or attended a funeral, something like this, cannot be a part of a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. There were people who couldn't, who were impure. Now, you need to understand in the desert, people didn't digest because, oh, he just he was sick, he died. People died, they died for a reason, it was an address. Then the Talmud is asking, what the people on the first day were busy with that? Which dead? That one opinion says, Abiyosi Aglili says, it was the people who attended to, the Joseph's, co- to Joseph's coffin. Remember the story, the end of the book of, Ex- of Genesis, Joseph, before he died, he tells his brother, made him swear, that when they leave Egypt, they should take his bones with them. Mm-hmm. Moses took Joseph's bones when they left Egypt. No, he cannot leave Joseph's coffin unattended. You need a shomer, right? right? Then somebody was there. These people are next to a dead body. Mm-hmm. Came the 14th of Nisan. They had to go to the purification process, take seven days. Mm-hmm. They, could, they couldn't be a part of the sacrifice. Mm-hmm. There was another group. Rabbi, Rabbi Akiva says, no, it was another group. Who died in, in, the, in the desert? The first people, you know, that died in the desert. Died in the desert. Yeah, that was four years later. I'm talking about much earlier than that. There were quite a few yeah. tragedies and uh, punishments and this in the desert. Right. Um, they're the ones who were killed after the golden calf. Yes, very good. That was um, on uh, the I mean, 17th of Tammuz. Then it was later, it was Rosh Hashanah, you know, then, that was the, then it was the first Pesach. Eight months later was the first Pesach. You know who died? At the made inauguration of the temple, the, first, the portable sanctuary, the Mishkan. In the inauguration was the eighth day of Nisan. It started the process, started Rosh Chodesh Nisan, according to this opinion. And the eighth day of Nisan, that was the inauguration. And then they, on that day, they, they, they came in, they offered incense, they were the two sons of Aaron offered incense, Nadav and Avi, remember the story? Mm-hmm. And they died. That right. Moses told their cousins, Mishael and Elitzophon, go take your, bra- your cousins, your brothers, he calls them, and bury them. They bury them. Takes, a process, a, 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 takes seven days of procedure of purification. Erev Pesach, it was still the seventh day. They, could, they were impure. In any case, this group or this group, that's what they have a condition in the desert. Mm-hmm. They came to Moses and they complained. Why should we be left out? 
Like just like an American complaining, why should you lift out? It's not fair. Just because he did, he did one mitzvah, we should lift out the whole mitzvah. I want to be the center table. It's not nice. Now, this, this question, why should be left out, really doesn't make sense. What does this mean? The Rebbe points out, God gave, 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 gave order. They're religious Jews. If God wants you to offer a sacrifice, he would tell Moses you should offer a sacrifice, give you, a, give you another option. If God doesn't want you because you're impure, you're impure. What do you think you to complain? Right. You listen to what God says. You see, most of the people are conformers. Mm-hmm. You know, in America, stay online, everybody stands online. Right. Don't write, don't write, don't left. Everybody's doing what is, you know, the, the silent majority, you know, they're yeah. silent, they're conformers. They do what everybody tells them. No, you know who said the excuse, we, fo- we only follow the orders. Yeah, the Germans. The Germans, yeah. the Nazis. We only follow the orders. It's a little bit true, by the way, because they are, they are like machines. Right. They follow orders. Then, what do you mean you're coming to us? And, and in general, can you imagine somebody couldn't fast on Yom Kippur? He said, didn't feel good. I don't know. I found an excuse not to fast. He comes to, he comes to the rabbi a week later. Can I fast now? What do you mean? You couldn't, you couldn't. I was sukkahs on the cruise. Can I come a week later and, do, and, and build a sukkah and start to celebrate and say l'chaim and enjoy, do, shake the lulav two weeks later? It doesn't work like this. Mm-hmm. Then what is the question? The interesting thing is, they went and they asked Moses why should be left out. And Moses turned to God and God told them, you know what? I'll give them a second chance. 30 days later, they will have, to, that will be this Sunday, 30 days after Pesach. Mm-hmm. They will have a chance to come to, a month later to come and to, and to offer the, the Passover lamb and make a Seder and have a Seder. Then the Rebbe says, from here we learn something very interesting. When it comes to spirituality, when it comes to do a mitzvah, you don't rely on anybody. Not even a Moses, not even a God himself. You want a mitzvah? You go, you bank on the table, you demand, and when God sees that you demand, then he gives it to you. Maybe God would never give this mitzvah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. This is a mitzvah that came from us. Mm-hmm. Not a mitzvah that came from God. All the other holidays came from God. Mm-hmm. And this explains why, why the, this holiday, may, maybe why this holiday is not mentioned in this, in, the, in this parasha. Because here it's mentioned all the holidays that God initiated it. Yep. You understand? Mm-hmm. For this holiday, we initiated it. And in a sense, this gave the, this gave the, this paved the way for all the other holidays, the Jewish people initiated for Hanukkah and Purim and Lagba Omer and Simchas Torah, the dancing of the Torah. It's not something written in the Torah. You see, Pesach Sheni is the holiday of the entrepreneurs. From these people who don't wait for orders, these people who take initiative dare to think on their own, to challenge the system, and they are the one to pave the way for everybody else. Mm-hmm. And think about that, the holidays that the Jewish people innovated on their own, the joy on these holidays is much bigger than the joy on the holidays that God gave us. Because you know, when you do what your father told you, but when you come up with a surprise party to your parent, mm-hmm. you're much more excited about it. That's what it's all no about. No one was ever supposed to be excited for Yom Kippur. <laughs> no, it should be. If maybe we would come up with us, we would be more excited. Simchas Torah, it's a very happy holiday. The, 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 
correct comparison would be something like Rosh Hashanah, which is, you know, fair. Yeah, for sure, Shavuot, right, yeah. Pesach, Sukkot, it's happy. Yeah. Happiness, when you cannot compare it to Zichas Torah, to Purim, right. even right. Nadu Right. Even like Bomber, we have more fun. Because we initiated it. Then the lesson is, when it comes to something Jewish, don't wait for order. Oh, nobody asked me, nobody told me. Get up and do it. 